Today, seemingly, is not a great day for the Tate. Starting with the other Tate, Tristan, right, because both brothers are currently under house arrest in Romania as authorities investigate them and two other women for suspected human trafficking, rape, and organized crime. But now we're seeing news that Tristan specifically is being investigated for inciting others to violence. And Reuters reporting that he's actually facing an additional charge on that front, which also might sound confusing because back when the Tates were moved to house arrest about a month ago, articles explicitly stated that no charges had been filed yet. But according to Reuters, prosecutors have filed charges against the four suspects, but the case is under investigation and has not gone to trial. And so here, what would really be key is if the group gets indicted, because that would determine if this does go to trial. But whatever the status of those allegations are, the Tates have denied them. With Tristan also addressing the inciting violence claims on Twitter this week, writing, this has shifted from the prosecution trying to prove Andrew Tate is a human trafficker to them trying to prove Tristan Tate incites violence. It will probably end with a conviction on my accountant for making a spelling error on a tax document and a headline, guilty verdict in Tate case. Do not let them distract you. Human trafficking guys, proof, let's go. But as for where things stand legally in this case, reports say that Romanian authorities have until June to bring this to trial, and that deadline is quickly approaching. Also, the reason I said it seems not to be a great day for the Tates is that Andrew Tate is having a different issue. And that's because on Twitter, as I'm filming this show, it appears to be that he is suggesting that he has been poisoned. Posting his picture and video along with the text, face swollen, blood pressure is through the roof, skin's on fire, hard to breathe, some sort of severe reaction or poison. Only had coffee and water so far today all appeared in the last five minutes. Then continuing, eyes almost shut, gathering chi. But then whoever's tweeting about this writing, Andrew is not allergic to anything, this has never happened before. Either an insect bite or some major tricks attack insanity in his bottled water. You know, the two most obvious and equally possible possibilities. Then adding he's refusing doctors and focusing on tea and breathing. Andrew's fine, says the pain is a part of life. He says the doctor will inject him with, quote, who knows what and kill him. He's in lotus position and drinking tea. As long as he can breathe, he refuses medical attention. So far, so good. And the replies from his fans with all of that seem to be kind of bouncing between two things. One, people saying you gotta get those things tested to see if someone's trying to poison you. Or two, people turning into WebMD. So who knows what the hell is actually happening with Andrew Tate's body, or even in his brain because those tweets have now been deleted. And seemingly in their place, he retweeted himself from last year where he said, if they kill me, I love you all. And then tweeted this picture of Steven Seagal from the movie Hard to Kill. You know, normal people stuff. And then these monsters made a child eat his own vomit. Right, so this happened back in February at an Indianapolis school where a special education student started gagging at lunch. And reportedly his teacher told him that he would have to eat whatever he threw up. And when he actually threw up, an aide handed him a spoon with him then standing on either side of him while he ate some of his own vomit. Now, following this being reported, the school says they've begun the termination process for the two staff involved since learning about the incident, also placing three other staff members on administrative leave for failing to report it. And all five are now facing criminal charges. The two involved facing felony neglect and the misdemeanor charge of failing to report, the others facing just the misdemeanor charge. And I just want to say here, I'm not calling for vigilante justice, but stories like this do make me want to jump into politics because I see this and I go, firing squad? Is that maybe the more appropriate punishment uh, for the main two involved here? Because I feel like if you threw two monsters that were willing to do this off the top of a building, nothing of real value would be lost. Make the other three who fail to report clean up the mess, you know, just to save money. I don't know, man, because I don't know what the solution is. Far too many monsters feel way too comfortable being monsters. Like maybe we throw Angry Man to Franco into politics and we change some laws. And then, an OSHA investigation just found that the city of Delray Beach harassed and fired a woman for discovering the city's drinking water was contaminated. Because, you know, that's the appropriate reaction. Right after there were several complaints from residents about funky-smelling, discolored water, this woman discovered faults in the municipal system that allowed reclaimed sewage water to contaminate the city's drinking water. With her later informing the acting utilities director that the city had received reports of people getting sick, but they had not disclosed it to the Department of Health. Then, last January, she brought the issue to the Department of Health, and what happened? She was fired, with the city saying that her position had just been eliminated. Which brings us to the news now that Delray Beach has settled a whistleblower lawsuit and agreeing to pay this woman $818,500, as well as the $1 million in civil penalties they were ordered to pay the Department of Health for failing to monitor or report any of the issues this woman revealed. And the city even later admitting to 12 years of failing to use a control plan that could have stopped this issue altogether. 
12 years of preventable sewage water. Again, sorry, Joe Biden. I think I got to run for the presidency. Going to completely change the legal system based off of my emotions in the moment. Because if I had my way, Supreme Ruler DeFranco would say all the people that were responsible for this have to drink sewage water for at least the next 10 years. DeFranco 2024, obscenely reactionary punishments. Also, free ice creams on Tuesday. That's the slogan. Also, I apologize because the uh, parade of garbage people is not over. Because we got to talk about these three high school seniors who have been arrested for killing a woman with a rock in Colorado. Because right, these three reportedly were throwing landscaping rocks from a moving vehicle into oncoming traffic. And we're not talking pebbles, right? These rocks reportedly were between four to six inches long and weighed between three and five pounds. With one of the rocks then going through the windshield of 20-year-old Alexis Bartel hitting and killing her. And with that, the three have been arrested and charged with first-degree murder by extreme indifference. And the Sheriff's Department saying to reporters, this case touched a lot of people deeply. This was a beautiful young woman with her whole life in front of her who was simply driving home and her life was ended as a result of these acts. But you've got a local clinical law professor saying it might be hard for the first-degree murder charge to stick. And that's even under Colorado's extreme indifference statute. But with that, we should have a better idea of how everything's kind of shaping out because the first court appearance is set for today. And then, for most of us, learning a second language in school wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Right, after three years of Spanish, I was still questioning my conjugations. But thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Babbel, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Because Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Something that was actually pretty helpful a couple of weeks ago when we went to Mexico. It right, gave me more confidence to kind of expand out of my, my normal bubble, right, knowing that I'd be able to communicate at a level that I wasn't at before. And their expertly crafted 10 to 15 minute lessons are built around real life, teaching real life conversations and not just simple words and phrases. All of their lessons are thoughtfully created by over 100 language experts. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, it comes with a 20 day money back guarantee. I also love their speech recognition technology. It helps you improve your pronunciation and accent so you can make sure you're doing it right. And get this, right now, when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. So just go to Babbel.com and use promo code Phil. That's B A B B E L dot com code Phil. What's that? You missed it? B-A-B-B-E-L dot com promo code Phil. And then Montana, why you gotta make me talk about you today? <sighs> so yesterday, the GOP-controlled state house voted to ban state representative Zoe Zephyr from the house floor for the remainder of the legislative session. With this marking the first time in nearly half a century that members in the chamber have taken disciplinary action against one of their colleagues. Now notably, Zephyr will still be able to cast votes remotely until that end date, which is May 5th. But this, let's call it what it is, bitch move is absolutely massive because of the message that it sends, and not just in Montana, but for legislators all over the country. Because right, this move comes after Zephyr, the first trans woman to be elected to the Montana legislature, has been blocked by Republicans since Thursday from speaking on the floor over remarks that she made last week. And her specific comments came in response to four anti-trans bills the House was debating that week, including one that would ban trans minors from accessing gender-affirming care, with opponents of the bill pointing to studies that show restricting access to that care can endanger trans kids who already suffer from disproportionately high rates of depression, trauma, and suicide. And that was echoed by Zephyr, who referred to the prayer that members give before every session. If you vote yes on this bill, and yes, on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. And that apparently pissed a bunch of soft Republicans off, prompting the 21 conservative members in the Montana Freedom Caucus to write a letter demanding that Zephyr be censured and calling for a commitment to civil discourse while intentionally misgendering her. Because, you know, using language that purposefully denies a person's identity is a great example of civil discourse. And after that, the Republican House Speaker blocked her from talking on the floor until she apologizes, arguing that the move is necessary to maintain decorum. And since, most of the Republican majority in the chamber has repeatedly voted to uphold that decision. But Zephyr, for her part, has refused, defending her remarks in multiple interviews and on social media and sharing powerful stories about her personal experience. She also wasn't alone here. On Monday, you had protesters gathering outside of the Capitol to demonstrate against the continued silencing of Zephyr, with over 100 people then reportedly gathering in the House gallery. Zephyr then tried once again to speak on the floor where members were discussing another anti-trans bill that would restrict when kids can change their names and pronouns in school and require parental consent. And when Republicans once again voted to block her from speaking and muted her mic, chaos broke out with protesters yelling from the gallery and chanting. <laughs> 
The House Speaker then told members to move to the sides of the floor, but Zephyr remained holding her mic up defiantly as the protesters continued. And eventually, law enforcement and riot gear cleared the gallery and reportedly after 15 minutes, the last of the protesters who remained were arrested. And law enforcement officials confirming that seven people were arrested for interrupting the proceedings and charged with criminal trespassing. And then many of the Republicans there shockingly are trying to rewrite what happened. But the Montana Freedom Caucus releasing a statement where they called these peaceful protests violent and literally referred to the demonstration as an insurrection. I mean, Zephyr was encouraging an insurrection by standing on the floor after the speaker had cleared it and calling for disciplinary action to be taken against her. And that's exactly what you saw Republicans do with Zephyr sharing a letter on Twitter that she received on Tuesday from party leaders saying that the House would determine whether her conduct on the floor the day before had violated the rules, collective rights, safety, dignity, integrity, or decorum of the House of Representatives, and if so, whether to impose disciplinary consequences for those actions. But Zephyr, who was given time to speak on the floor for the first time in days ahead of this vote, remained firm, accusing the legislature of systematically attacking the trans community and standing by her remarks. And I rose up in defense of my community that day, speaking to harms that these bills bring and that I have firsthand experience knowing about. I have had friends who have taken their lives because of these bills. I have fielded calls from families in Montana, including one family whose trans teenager attempted to take her life while watching a hearing on one of the anti-trans bills. So when I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. I was speaking to the real consequences of the votes that we as legislators take in this body. And when the speaker asks me to apologize what he is, uh, on behalf of decorum, what he is really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. He is asking me to be complicit in this legislature's eradication of our community, and I refuse to do so and I will always refuse to do so. Zephyr also went on to defend her actions Monday as well as those of the protesters, saying that by refusing to let her speak, Republicans were also silencing her constituents, and saying that when that silencing continued, they came to the House to ensure that their voice be heard. And when the Speaker gaveled down the people demanding that democracy work, demanding that their representative be heard, when he gaveled down, what he was doing is driving a nail in the coffin of democracy. But you cannot kill democracy that easily. And that is why they kept chanting, let her speak. And why I raised my microphone to amplify their voices. But with all that, ultimately, the chamber voted 68 to 32 to block Zephyr from the floor. And with this, it sends an incredibly chilling message nationwide, especially when you consider that this is the second time something like this has happened in just the last few weeks. But of course, recently we talked about all that news out of Tennessee. And with all this, there is a massive key takeaway. And that is that people need to understand, acknowledge, and say out loud what is actually happening. You have Republicans who, instead of just downplaying January 6th, which has been largely the game plan, instead using words like insurrection and making false equivalencies to, to peaceful protests that are happening in their state as a way to falsely justify what looks like a growing concerted effort to censor elected officials from speaking out for the people that they represent. This isn't a stunt. This is a growing trend. They are showing you the growing game plan. They will crush speaking truth to power by using that power. And that is going to be it for the news you need to know today. As always, thank you for watching. My name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you next time.